Let's all now turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 3. If we could all please stand to honor the reading of God's word. And it says in Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 3. That is my favorite chapter of the Bible, actually. And I got a lot. I'm one of those people who says it's one of my favorites. You know, there's a long list. But I do love that book. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. It's all about faith. It says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. By faith. Long ago, in a land far, far away, space, the final frontier, these are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. I love science fiction. I love sci-fi. That's what they call it, sci-fi, science fiction. I really do. I love science fiction. I love those old shows, and you know, I, if it's not proof enough that I have a Enterprise tie, one that I've never worn before. And you know I've worn plenty of Star Trek ties. I've got plenty of them. I, I love Star Trek. This is from my office, one of the things i got. The little Enterprise I keep in there. I have a Captain Kirk that I keep on my uh, desk. Uh, my cane is a Star Wars uh you know, lightsaber. I got a lot of things that are very sci-fi. I got lots of things. I like science fiction. I do, knowing that it's fiction. Well, we'll get to that here in a moment. I do like sci-fi. There's a lot of interesting things in science fiction. But know this, it's science fiction, and I got these things from the dictionary. Science fiction, science fiction is based on, ima on an imagined future, scientific or technolo technological advances and major social or environmental, excuse me, environmental changes frequently portraying space or time travel and life on other planets. That's what science fiction is about. And I don't know what science fiction shows you may like or dislike. I'm sure there's plenty. I'm sure right away I've already mentioned two you don't like. I like them both. I personally like Star Wars. It's a smidge better than Star Trek. Don't hate my guts. <laughs> I like them both very much. Again, both A's. A plus to one, A straight to the other. But there's lots of different other shows. I like Back to the Future. I like all of them, knowing they're fiction, just fiction. So I had to take both words and separate them. We're not going to talk about science fiction. We'll talk about science, and we'll talk about fiction. We'll talk about both. Because they're separate words, but when you put them both together, they can mean lots of things. Nowadays, lots of movies come out about science fiction, a whole bunch. You put the comic book movies out there and all the kids shows and a lot of adult shows and they all kind of fit into that maj podge, that mixing pot of science fiction. But there's some danger in that too. And we'll talk about that. So let's look at the word science and see what science is about. And that word gets misused a lot, an awful lot by the government, by teachers, no offense to all those around. The word science gets misused by even preachers and other people. Well, let's take a look at the word science and what it says in the dictionary. Science is a branch of knowledge or study dealing with a body of facts. Facts. And truths systematically arranged and showing the operation of general laws and mathematical sciences. 
a systematic knowledge of the physical or material world gained through observation and experimentation. What do they say about science? It is observational, in other words, testable, provable, and repeatable. That's right. There's also the historical science, which is to say hypothesis. They watch it, they see how it works, they see how it is. And that is what science is. And then there's fiction. Now, I always liked fiction. I enjoyed fiction growing up as a kid. My goodness, I, I love fiction. I draw a lot. I, I watch comic book stuff. I enjoy fiction. But let's see what fiction is. It's an invention or fabrication of opposed, as opposed to fact. Uh, a belief or statement that is false. But that is often held to be true because it is ex ex expedient to do so. Therefore, and this is also found when they talk about fiction. By the way, there's nothing wrong with enjoying fiction as long as you know it is fiction. There's nothing wrong with enjoying science fiction as long as you know that it is fiction. As long as you enjoy it as such. As, you, as long as you enjoy it as fun. As fiction. But in that list of science fiction, they have these in there. Lies. They talk about it being lies. They talk about it being um, Fiction, fibs, con concoction, fake news, untruths, falsehood, fantasy, fancy, illusion, sham, nonsense. <laughs> the reason why I throw all this out there is because there's too many people, too many folks who believe science fiction or fiction as fact. They teach it as fact. And we cannot have that. The title of today's sermon is Science Fiction Addiction. Science Fiction Addiction. Again, you know that I like science fiction, and I also know it to be fiction. There's nothing wrong with that. But we don't want to teach fiction as faction, as fact, as science fact. But a lot of people do. Now, is this really a problem? Well, yeah, it is. And the reason is because too many people want to put science fiction right there with biblical fact. They want to put science fiction with biblical fact, as if what is science fiction is exactly with the historical Bible facts, things that have been found. Now, is this a problem for people who believe in science fiction? Not necessarily. People can believe in certain science fictions and have fun with it, but not if they're believing as being fact. For instance, what do they start doing in schools many years ago? They started teaching evolution. This is a science fiction, and it's been taught as fact. For instance, evolution, this is absolute unbiblical confusion, but it has been taught as fact for over 50 years with no proof whatsoever. It has been taught as absolute fact. This has been one of those untestable, unprovable, unrepeatable nonsenses, but it's been taught as fact. And so now what have we had? Generations of people saying that this is scientific proof. And now we have children who say that there is no God because of evolution and this is a problem in fact I used to listen to a guy on Christian radio who I quit listening to I fact even quit listening to that station for a while and I'm talking about 88.5 at the time for quite a while because of this man who was on there because I thought if I can't listen to it knowing that they put him on there as a factual man there's a problem his name was Hank Hennegraff, maybe you've heard of him. 
Hank Kennegraff was known as the Bible, quote-unquote, Bible answer man. And he had some things that he said that were absolute biblical truth. He did. But then he also had this to say. He believed and taught that evolution was a scientific fact. He believed that. He taught that. The man was a liar. He was being used of the enemy. Now, I'm not saying that he wasn't a Christian, but I'm saying that he had these answers that were being taught as absolute scientific fact. He said it was a proven fact. He said that any, this was his words, not mine. He said that any Christian that doesn't believe in the scientific fact of evolution, it, that doesn't believe in it, makes Christianity and the Bible and God look stupid. The problem with that is when you start believing in evolution, you're saying that the Bible is wrong. You're saying that all the things in the Bible are wrong. The Bible shows absolutely that God created the heavens and the earth. That God said these things in how many days? How many days? In seven days, or six days, excuse me, six days, and rested on the seventh. So if you start believing in evolution, you're saying that everything that God said is wrong and that he's a liar. Well, if I had to choose between Hank Hennegraff and God, I'd say Hank Hennegraff is the liar, not God. God is absolute truth, not mankind. Not mankind. Listen to what it says in Genesis chapter 1, 1 through 3. In Genesis chapter 1, 1 through 3, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, talking about the Holy Spirit, listen now. The Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water. God said, let there be light, and there was light. That's what the Bible says. Now, I'm not even going to begin to pretend that I understand it all. Because I don't. I don't have the brain like that. Neither do you. Even those who believe, who are arrogant enough, arrogant enough to believe that they understand everything about God, do, because they don't. But God knows all things, and I know God, so therefore that's all I need to know. God made all things because he said so, and that's good enough for me. It says in Isaiah 42, verse 5, you're going to like this. Remember, God was speaking to Isaiah. Isaiah 42, verse 5, it says, Thus says God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes out of it, who gives breath to the people on it, and spirit, this is not the Holy Spirit, meaning our spirit, to those who walk in it. It says so much about God creating the earth. I'll talk about that another time, about God creating the earth. There's so many things about God creating the earth. I, there's no way I could mention it all today. But it is God who created the earth. So one of the first science fictions that is taught to us was evolution. Wh why is that taught to us? To get our mind off God. To distract. To get us to believe something that's not true so that we will put our mind on that and not on him. That is why. Now, does that mean that if a person believes in evolution that they can't be saved? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that Satan does what Satan does best. To distract. The author of confusion. 
he puts little things in there to confuse the brain. We have those little pea brains and he puts confusion in there. Kids oftentimes go to school and are taught about evolution. And then they go to church and they're taught about creation. And they go back to school for five days of the week. And then they go back to school to church for one day of the week. And they go back to school and they, they get a little bit of God and a lot of bit of odd. And therefore, they're confused. So just pray that God will give them the truth. They're in a mixed world. Satan bringing lots of confusion. And we pray that God will give them the truth in that time. What's another thing of science fiction addiction that people get in this world? Aliens. Aliens gets brought into this world. In fact, when I was preparing the sermon, I had no idea what was going to happen this week. I had no idea that there were going to be men that were going to come up to the, to the people in Congress and talk about aliens. I had no idea at all. This week, men appeared and talked to Congress saying they were witnesses to aliens while they were working for government. I had no idea that was going to happen. I had no idea at all. They believe it. They saw it. They said that they saw other creatures, and that's between them and the Lord. They, they, they swore to it. Now, that's between them and God. I don't necessarily believe all that, but that's between them and the Lord. Now, others say they saw it. That's between them and the Lord, too. Now, I'm not saying they didn't see anything. I'm not saying people don't see things. I'm saying I don't believe they're necessarily what they think it is. Let's talk about that for a minute. Do I believe in UFOs? Yes, I do. I believe in unidentified flying objects because that's what UFO means. I believe in UFOs all over the place. I believe there are comets that people believe are UFOs. I believe there are things that are out in space from, from, uh, come from rockets and other things. I believe in that. I believe there are things that confuse people all the time. And as you know, I like sci-fi fun. Do I believe in ALF? Yes, I still have my toy from my childhood of ALF, the character. But do I believe in alien life forms? Well, I'm not going to say there is. I'm not going to say there isn't. I don't necessarily believe it myself. I don't know if there's E.T. I don't know if you ever saw that movie, E.T. I don't necessarily believe in E.T. myself or Klingons or Vulcans or all those other alien life forms or close encounters. I don't, I don't really believe it myself. I'm not really. But some do, and that's fine. That's between them and the Lord. It doesn't bother me necessarily if they do. Uh, I do know one thing. If there was aliens, and if there is aliens, they still have the same God as we do. And they'd have to worship God just like we do. I do know one thing for a fact about the alien stuff. We're going to talk about tonight. We'll talk about what some believe it is and what I personally believe it is. But I do know one thing that has been used as a distraction. Because many times people see this stuff or believe in this stuff and it keeps them from focusing on God. It keeps them believing that that means that there is no God, and that's a shame. They keep their eyes on these things and not on the one who created all things. Well, we know God created all things, but they believe if there's this, that must mean that they are gods or that they are something besides that. And we'll talk about that tonight. So make sure you come tonight, because it's very important to come tonight and see what many believe it is. I know Billy Graham believed what I believe, and my father did, and many others believed what they believe it is. They believe it's a distraction from Satan, and uh, I believe it is because it keeps their mind off of God and their mind on these things. And it could very well be. I don't know, but I know this. That's what it says in Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, 19, it says, And beware lest you lift your eyes to heaven. This is Deuteronomy 4, 19. It says, and beware, lest you lift your eyes to heaven, and when you see the sun and the moon and the stars, 
even all the hosts of heaven, that's little heaven, you are led astray and worship them and serve them. And which that which the Lord your God has allotted to all nations under the whole heaven. People get their eyes on other things. We'll talk about that too. Isaiah 47. Isaiah 47, verse 13 and 14. You are weary in the multitude of your counsels. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators stand up and save you from these things that shall come upon you. Surely they shall be stubble. The fire shall burn them, and they shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. It shall not, it shall not be coal to be warmed by the by nor fire to sit before. Now, what does that mean? That means many people are going to be looking to the stars for answers, and many have. They looked to stargazers. They looked to other people for answers. They looked up to the heavens. But instead of looking to things up above, we should look to the one who is up above, the one who's made all things. Don't look to the stars for your answers. Look to the very one who made those stars. Don't look to the astrologers. Don't look to the astronomers. Look to the very one who made those stars. Instead of looking to the skies at night, to the days, many people ask me, have you gone and looked to the stargazers? Have you looked to the, have you looked, what do they call them? Have you looked to the astronomers? Have you looked, are you, uh, I don't know what they call you. Are you a tortoise? Are you a, no, 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 no. I'm not worried about all that. I'm worried to the one who made the stars above, to God himself. He's my creator. They ask me all the time, Philip, are you a this or are you a that? I don't remember all the names right now. They ask me, when were you born? What's your, what's your sign? My sign is a cross because Jesus Christ died on it, came off of it, rose from the grave. That's my sign. What's your sign? You know my sign. It's the son of God. He lives in my heart. That's my sign. I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. By the way, I'm not going to put down anybody who wants to believe in those things. That's up to you. I'm not putting anybody down. But then, and, and who knows, like I said, there could be, but their God is the Lord God too. There's other gods that people for many, 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 many years have looked to. They thought they could be aliens back then. They still do. Different people from Egypt thought that there were other gods that came from space. They thought that. There were many, many other gods, many other ways, many other paradises that people have looked to for many, many, many years. They looked for other eternities. The people in Egypt had many false gods. They had Isis. That was a woman. They had Anubis. They had, uh, or excuse me, Anubis, they called. They had uh, uh, all sorts of them. I'm not going to go through them all. There's Ta. There's Utum. There's Ra. There's uh, Horbus. There's so many of them that they had. In Babylon, they mixed all sorts of false gods together. They would they take them from other lands. In uh, in Israel, even they took false gods from many false lands. That they, a lot of them they thought they were from space and from the sun and from the moon and from all these things, these different stars. They would mix them all together. This happened whenever they were not following God, but they keep their eyes on other medallions, on other emeralds, on other things. Because what happened? It's what happened. They have the great mixed melting pot of other beliefs and not the belief of the Lord God himself. And then there's Rome. Rome had a great big melting pot too. Mostly their beliefs came from Greece. And let me talk about Greece for a minute. Greece had chaos. What's chaos? Chaos is craziness, but it wasn't just the chaos. Chaos was the land that they believed the gods came from. 
they, they, they thought of Mount Olympus, but before Mount Olympus, there was chaos. Chaos was the land that Kronos came from. Kronos and Rhea, and from them came their children. I won't talk about all that because Kronos uh, was supposed to be this major god who ate babies. <laughs> and he ate babies, and from him came his supposed sons, Zeus and uh, Hestia and Dimitri and Hera and Hades and Poseidon. And from all that, eventually from Zeus, you would get Hercules and all this other stuff. But Rome had all this stuff too. Rome mostly had the Greek gods and all that because a lot of their stuff came from Greece. And from Zeus, they would worship Zeus, but they had a different name for Zeus. Maybe you've heard of it. His name was Jupiter. That's why we have the planet Jupiter, because that's the name Zeus. Also, the name Zeus in Norse, uh, that name is Thor. But believe it or not, whenever the people of uh, Rome started to become Christians, which they eventually did, they would take uh, statues and try to make these statues of Jesus, but they looked just like Jupiter. They looked just like uh, Zeus, but they would put the name Jesus and Zeus and all that together at the same time. And what am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that this is the problem with having a great big melting pot, a science fiction addiction. They mix it all together, mixing beliefs of Christianity and mixing the beliefs of other things. It is a distraction. It is a distraction getting people's minds off of Christ and on other things. Who could be behind that? Who could be behind that? The devil, Satan. He's behind it. On the Pacific Islands, they would believe that we all came from a great big shell. From the great big shell came another god called Tiara. And then there was uh, so much other things, myths and things, uh, Yammer and Odin, that was the, the Norse thing. There's many, many others. I won't get into them all, but I'll tell you this. There's all these other distractions and attractions and these great science fiction addictions may come from this. And then there's another, the New Age science fiction addiction. The New Age Eastern mysticism and occult witchcraft, pagan sorcery. This is all demonic work. Now, Pastor, what about all that other stuff you just mentioned? Isn't that demonic work? Yes, but in a different way. At least from all that other stuff, whether it be the aliens, the evolution, the, the uh, other gods, at least that's demonic work in a sense that the people don't always know is demonic. They don't know that they're being lied to. They don't know that. But with this, they know. They know for the most part. Not all people do. But for the most part, they know in the Eastern mysticism and occult and the witchcraft, they know in their pagan worship that it's demonic. They know that they're worshiping stuff they shouldn't worship. The world oftentimes will question you. They'll say, oh, Christian, you're arrogant. Oh, Christian, this is pride in yourself. You're arrogant. They'll say, you think you're better than everyone else. Oh, folks, don't fall for that trap. That's another trick from the devil. That's another distraction. They'll say, you're just questioning other people because you think your way is the right way. No, you don't. To be a Christian is to say you're wrong. To be a Christian is to say that you're no good. To be a Christian is to say, I can't get to heaven on my own. To be a Christian is to say, without Christ, I can do nothing. Without Christ, I'm going to hell. Without getting on my hands and knees and asking Jesus Christ to save me, I'm going to suffer for an eternity. So don't fall for the trap of the devil because it's another distraction. It's another distraction. Don't fall for it. That's another addiction that the world has. Don't fall for it. That's the other new age addiction. Let me go to, to Exodus chapter 22, verse 18. There was a law back in the day that God had for witches. 
He had it in Exodus and Leviticus. What did you do to a witch? You killed them. Now people would say, does that mean we're supposed to go kill witches? No. No, it doesn't mean that. That was all he had for his people, to keep them safe from bringing in the science fiction addiction, for keeping you away from falsehoods, for keeping you away from the lies. Listen to what it says in Exodus 22, verse 18. You must not allow a sorceress to live. He would tell this to his people when they were building up their nation. Why would he say that? He said this so he would say, don't let them bring poison into your recipe of spirituality. Don't let them bring in lies and deception. Don't let them do it. In Leviticus, Leviticus 19.26, Leviticus 19.26, you shall not eat anything with the blood in it. Now, why was he saying that? Because it's part of witchcraft at the time. You shall not eat anything with blood in it, nor shall you practice divination or fortune telling. Whoa, 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 whoa. No fortune telling. Am I telling you you go to a Chinese restaurant and you take a fortune cookie that you're going to hell? No. I like a fortune cookie. They, they taste really good. And when I read that little fortune on the end that says you're good looking, I said, boy, they know me well. No, I'm just kidding. But at the end of it, when you read that fortune, I'm not saying that at all. Those are, that's an American thing, by the way, that fortune cookie there. What I am, however, telling you is don't buy into it. It just happens to be ironic. Those things there are just for fun. What I am telling you, though, don't buy into the fortunes. Don't buy into what people are telling you. Don't buy into the Eastern mysticism and the cults and witchcraft. Don't go into all that. Leviticus 20, 27. Now a man or a woman who is a medium or a spirit, spiritist must be put to death. They shall be stoned with stones. They have brought their own deaths upon themselves. Why did God say this to them? Again, to keep them away from things of Satan. Don't bring the devil into the life of God. These were laws then, not so, for us to kill witches now, but to keep us away from such things. He was wanting to keep their his people clean. Oh, we already talked about what happened when they didn't. But here's a word for Christians today. 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 10, 20 through 21. And this you can know. 1 Corinthians 20 through 21. Paul says this, But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, he's talking about those who are involved with demonic worship of Corinth, who are getting involved with people of other lands. He said, But I say that the things which Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. I do not want you to have the fellowship with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. Folks, we cannot mix and match. We cannot mix and match. You ever gone to those cells where they, where they say, hey, pick and choose, you can have this and that. And that's great. I love when they do that, depending on what you have. But folks, I, I'm not great with fashion. I can imagine coming out of there with a wonderful button-up shirt and horrible shorts that, that are plaid. Now, that'd be wonderful for another day. No, not really, not for me. But can you imagine me coming in here with plaid shorts and a wonderful button-up shirt and a horrible red tie? Wouldn't that look horrible? This is what people try to do with their spiritual life. They come in with things that don't even look good. They don't, they don't mix and match well together. People do this all the time. Look at my wonderful un, unmixed and matched things. Folks, you can't do it. You can't mix and match God with evil, with demonic things. 
Who would want people to do that in this science fiction addiction? Who would want to take things that are not of God and things that are? The devil. He did it from the get of the go in the, in the times of Genesis, Genesis chapter 3. Hey, didn't God say, no, you'll not surely die, he said to Adam and Eve. Did, wasn't he the one who tempted Cain to kill Abel? Yes. Cain gave in to it. Isn't he the one who tempted David to go and do things he shouldn't do? Yes. Isn't he the one who tempted you not to come today? Yes. Isn't he the one who tempts us to do things, not to listen to the word, not to read the word, to get involved with the things of others, to be involved with the other things? Oh, it's not so bad to do this. It's not so bad to sleep out of wedlock. No, God understands. God understands if you don't want to read the word. God understands if you want to add things and take things away. God understands that you're living the year 2023. God understands. Yes, he does understand. That doesn't make it right. That doesn't make it right. Listen. All distraction is deception. All distraction is deception. Who's the great deceiver? Who's the author of confusion? It's not God. It's not God. That distraction and deception is to take our eyes and our minds and our hearts off the Lord God. Take everything off of the Lord God. We're not to do that. We're not to do that. Let's take it off God and put it on the world to the distraction. What does it say in 1 Corinthians 14, 20, excuse me, 14, 33? 1 Corinthians 14, 33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. And that's you. You're saints. You're saved. Don't be involved with confusion. You may think to yourself, but I am curious about some of these things we mentioned today. That's okay. You can be curious about it. Just don't make that your first thing. Just don't make that the thing that leads you and guides you. Tonight, when we watch a film about UFOs in the Bible, there's going to be a lot of very interesting things discussed and talked about. And the man who speaks is a man who, before he was saved of the blood of Jesus Christ, was a demon worshiper. And thank the Lord God he brought that man out of that. Because that's a rare thing. It's a very rare thing that God can bring people out of Satan worship. And bring them out of demon worship and demon possession and other things. And he can come to know Christ. Thank God for that. Praise the Lord. He's our brother in Christ now. And no longer being uh, uh, decep under deception and distraction from Satan. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that. Hallelujah. We need to keep praying. There's a lot of people right now under the distraction and deception of Satan that they don't even realize it. Thank you, Jesus, that one of the others had come out of that. It says in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. If you then were raised with Christ, desire those things which are above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affection on the things above not on the things of earth. I've heard this very scripture misused, misconstrued, misrepresented to keep our focus on alien life, and not on heaven, or on angels, and not on God. Now, I wonder about aliens, or about the, not aliens, I'm going to angels, but the words are very similar, angels, aliens. I wonder about aliens myself. I said aliens again, I'm going to say angels. On angels myself 
Because we know there's fallen angels too, don't we? There's fallen angels. Those are demons. I believe demons appear all the time as ghosts, aliens, other things, get people's attention. They, they can appear as light, can't they? They can appear as light, and in reality, they're darkness. We see that demons have appeared in front of people. We know that. We can talk about that. But we don't want the devil to appear and reappear and confuse us or others. This is why we need to keep our minds on God. Keep our mind on his word. Continuously keep the Lord God as our number one thing so that all other things can be behind. That's one reason why I want you all here tonight. Not just because I love you all, which I do, and because I love when you're here, because I do, but because I want you to make sure you have no distraction keeping you from the Lord, but that when you watch this, you will see the importance of making sure that God is your number one, number one attraction, not all the distractions. The scribes and the Pharisees, believe it or not, as we talked last week, thought that Jesus was of the devil. This was also a way of having all lies and distractions, saying that Jesus was of the devil so that other people would think of him as a distraction, would distract them, not keep their eyes on him. Now, in reality, they may not have known. They may not have known their arrogance and other things. They may not have known that he really was God. They may not have known. I don't know. The devil does know, though. And remember this. All lies are of the devil. They really are. Now, I'm not saying that the devil made me do it, as people often say. The devil made me do it. The devil made me lie so I could have another Snickers. The devil made me lie so I could stay up a little bit later and watch a TV show. By the way, I did that when I was young. I'm ashamed to say. The devil made me do that. No, he didn't. But the devil tempted me to lie to my mother and father. The devil tempted me to be disobedient brat, and I was. The devil tempted me to eat more pie than I was supposed to from the fridge, and I did. The devil tempted me to eat more goodies than I should have, and I did. But I paid the piper and the seamist. The fact of the matter is, is the devil tempts us, and we give in. He tempts us to lie. All lies are of the devil because he is the father of lies, as it said in the word of God. All lies and, distra and distractions and deceptions started with Satan, rather you realize it or not. They start there. They start there. It says in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, the lowercase g, the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine on them. And that is why he distracts. You know, my brother used a wonderful example yesterday. I was talking with him, and he was talking about something my grandfather said, and my father used it too. And that's when little kids, little bitty babies, are taken to a photographer. And they just will not, they're like wiggling on a worm, to use my mother's example. Like, what will you say? Wiggle like a worm on a hot rock? And they're just all over the place. And you're trying to get the little kids' uh, attention so that they'll get a good picture of them. Otherwise, the kids all. So they try to get the kids' attention. They want to get a good picture. So they have little squeezy toys or whatever to get their attention. Like, here, squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. You know, do anything to get their attention. Here, look at the Enterprise, look at the Enterprise, whatever it takes, you know, to get their attention. And so they'll do that. And finally, the kid will look up. What? What? 
and they'll get their their picture and they're like oh you have such a good baby and the mom and dad and they're like i don't think so but the reason why the reason why they do that is so that they get a good picture but the devil does that too he's squeaking with all sorts of toys he squeaks with evolution he squeaks with aliens he squeaks with other gods he squeaks with new age he squeaks with all sorts of distractions whatever it might be whether it be real things or fake things he even squeaks with the word of god except that it's not the right determination of the word of god or definition of the word of god why does he do this he does this to get your attention off what god wants to tell you so that other people can tell you false things through lies and imagination it says in 1 Timothy 4.1. 1 Timothy 4.1 says this. Now the Spirit clearly says that in the last times, by the way, that's now, in the last times, some will depart from the faith and pay attention to seducing spirits, the doctrines of devils. Hmm. Hmm. The doctrines of devils. Putting their minds on things that aren't real. But they'll think it's real, because what do they go off of? Emotions. Emotions. But it makes me feel so good. It makes me feel so good. Use my body as an example. Use my body as an example. So many times I have eaten things that are not good for me, because it makes me feel so good. Oh, all those Hershey bars and other things I've eaten, it makes me feel so good for a moment, and my body doesn't look good later. Okay, my body's like the soul. It may feel good for a moment, but your soul's going to look ugly later when you do things that are unbiblical. Think about that for a moment. What you will end up with if you go for what feels good now. 1 Timothy 1.4. So we went with 1 Timothy 4.1. But now we're going to go with 1 Timothy 1.4. Now I look for a really good version of this, and they're all good, every single one of them. But I, the problem that I have a lot of times with Paul <laughs> is that when he's speaking, he speaks almost in mid-sentence. Have you noticed that? He speaks in mid-sentence. He kind of starts off in a mid-sentence phrase. So I finally found the New Living Translation, or, or something like that, New Life Translation, whatever it was. And in that, it started in a way that I, it's very understandable, and it doesn't sound like you're starting in mid-sentence. And so for the New Life Translation or Living Translation, whatever it is, it says this on 1 Timothy 1.4. Don't let them waste their time in endless discussion of myths and spiritual pedigrees. These things only lead to meaningless speculations which don't help people live a life of faith in God. I think this says that pretty clearly. People will get into this science fiction addiction looking to things that are unprovable, untestable, unrepeatable, to get into these hypotheses of what ifs, what ifs. What if this, what if that? I said it before, these comic books they've made called What If, very interesting. What if this happened, what if that happened? There's a problem with that though. If you spend all your time thinking of what if, and you don't sp spend your time on what is, you spend your whole life in fiction and not on fact, spiritual, biblical fact. So you have your distraction, attraction, your deception, possession. You go with an oppression after a time, demonic oppression. And all 
to keep our eyes off of God. All to keep your eyes off God. And this is a problem. One of my favorite hymns of all time that my grandpa used to sing to me a lot. My grandpa used to sing this every day, especially when he was out working on his car. He would sing, or at least whistle, turn your eyes upon Jesus. And I say this to you, O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see? A sign for a look of the Savior? Just turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. No matter what happens, focus on God. Focus on what we do know, on who you know, not on the things that you don't know. Don't keep focusing on the science fiction of life. Don't focus on the distractions that the devil's throwing in front of people. Don't focus on the things, that, the what ifs, but the what is. Focus on who we know, which is the Lord God. As it says in James 1.19, I'm sorry, James 2.19, you believe that there is one God and you do well. The demons also believe and tremble. Or in Colossians 2.15, Colossians 2.15 says, and having disarmed authorities and powers, he, meaning Jesus, made a show of them openly, triumphing over them by the cross. The demons are already defeated. And though they want to put out distractions, they want to put out deceptions, though they want to put out these ideas through science fiction, they want to make people keep their eyes off of God, we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. Because we know that God is in charge no matter what. And I will close today. I will close today by reading Colossians 1, 15 and 16. Colossians 1, verse 15. 16 says this he being Jesus he is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of every creature for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in the earth visible and invisible whether they are thrones whether there are thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created by him and for him. So no matter what there is or isn't, no matter what has or hasn't happened, no matter what people have believed or haven't believed, no matter what will be or won't be, just know this, God is and was and always will be. Let us bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, my Lord and Savior, I pray right now for those who are distracted, for those who have their minds wondering what if, for those, Lord God, who are very confused, those who do not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, for those who do know you, Lord God, and are curious, well, Lord, we, we're not, it's nothing wrong with being curious, but I pray, Lord God, that we make sure our first thoughts and our first minds are always on you, and that you will lead us and guide us, because, Lord, only you know what's going to happen. Only you know what's going to happen in the future. Only you knew what was going to happen in the past and what's happening right now in the present. I do pray that you will help those who, are, who you, Lord, allow to be assigned in government. I pray, Lord God, that you will help those in this upcoming week, that you will help them, guide them, protect them in their upcoming jobs, that you will keep them safe, Lord God, and when fear comes upon us, that you will protect us from that. That we will not be distracted by our feelings, but, Lord God, that we, Lord God, will be 
protected by you in our spiritual life. And Lord God, I thank you so, so much for always being with us. And Lord, I pray that if Satan ever tries to distract us, that you will give us the answers and that we keep our minds on you and on nothing else. I pray for all of this. And I pray if there be anyone who does not know you, that Lord, you will take away any doubt and that this day, that distraction and that question will be put to an end and that they will become your child. In Jesus' holy name, amen.